Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I want to be able to invest my money in, you know, conscious uh, uh, investment opportunities. So I'm kind of also like creating the world I want to live right, in and exactly. where I want my children to live in. Exactly. That's the slogan for Catapult. They create the world you want to live in. <laughs> my name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. So this is going to be a live podcast on the Women in Tech podcast. Really, really excited. I have Rita and Kaya here. My name is Esprit Devora. I am the girl who gets it done. I have an organization in Los Angeles called We Are LA Tech, and I am the producer and host of Women in Tech. And so today we're going to be talking about impact investing. First, go ahead, girls, and introduce yourselves. Hello, everyone. I'm Rita. Um, I work at Maze. Maze is an impact investing company uh, based in Portugal, in Lisbon. Um, and basically, we are five years old. We've were created to build this impact investing market, and we work in three main areas, just very quickly, public sector work, acceleration, and an impact investing fund. So I'm Kaya. I have several hats, many of them within the impact investing um, area. I work with Nordic Impact and Catapult, and what we do is invest in and help grow impact-driven tech companies. Um, we have several business units, including a Catapult Accelerator, a Catapult Fund, and a physical future fest that takes place in Oslo every May. And why impact investing? Why did you both choose that route? And you deal with the Nordic region, mm-hmm. and you specialize in Portugal and surrounding areas, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. Right now, yeah, Europe as a whole. Yeah. And why choose impact? impact investing? To me, it just makes complete sense. I think impact investing can be viewed as, because it depends who you ask, what answer you get of what impact investing is. And it depends on the background of the practitioners and investors. Um, But I think it's interesting to see it as a perspective and an opportunity in finding cases that can... um, like big scalable technology cases that can solve real social and environmental challenges. So I think, yeah. And how about for you? Yeah, uh, so so complementing, because I think we have the same kind yeah. of rationale, complementing mm-hmm. what Kaya said, I think that impact investing is basically just adding an extra layer uh, in the variables when you're considering your investment. So I think that uh, the initial process is the same as any other investment, but here you just add the, 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 the other perspective, which is like, is this business uh, helping uh, the challenge of like social inequality yeah. at the end of the day where it's it's a big problem or 
or end slang. Yeah. Um, the, the threat that we're going through, uh, like we're putting the, the environment at, right? Like at the end of the day, ultimately, even our species as uh, human beings is, is endangered. So I think that it's just trying to invest in businesses which are profitable, scalable, successful, but they really have the mission of trying to tackle these main challenges and look at them as economic opportunities. And mm-hmm. how large is your fund so everybody could get an idea? Well, we have several businesses. One is the Accelerator, where we go in with 150k tickets of dollars into startups. And the fund we're building now, the Catapult Fund, is 120 million dollars. Um, yeah. So. And how about your fund? Um, ours is like it's a different scale, it's a different market, but I, I think it's quite uh, significant uh, given the context. It's 40 million. We're still finalizing now the fundraising, so it's still not operational. But yeah. And what do you look... I want to get into something that really intrigued me, which um, one of the funds you work with is a student-run venture fund. Yes. But before we talk about that, what do you look for in investing? Because I'm sure everybody in here wants to raise money. So what do you look for in investing? I think that... Um, well, obviously, the basics, right? Like a profitable like uh, business model, like a good business, uh, innovative, scalable, uh, with a good market opportunity that you can consider that. Then the, what I was we were talking about, like this impact opportunity and um, providing services to a new group of people or something like that. So improving uh, either this component of social or environmental. But then uh, it, I think that it all comes down to the teams, and this is very cliche, but I think this is this is it. Like you need to feel comfortable uh, with uh, like the empathy that you have with the founders, with their capabilities of uh, taking the business forwards, and in the impact investing scene, it all comes down to the intentionality of the founders. Like, why are they doing this? Are they, you know, using this uh, impact perspective as a means to get money and then have their business running, or? is the impact what really moves them and can we as investors be comfortable that uh, throughout their journey um, as you know business uh, business leaders and uh, taking the, the business forward they will uh, be loyal to this mission right um, yeah I think these yeah. are yeah I think those are really all important points in particular that intentionality because that when you look at startups that early stage it's most likely the business plan is going to pivot or change somehow. So yeah. how the founders, where they come from and their kind of intentionality and purpose in, in going into this this uh, area that they're working in is really important, I think. Awesome. Um, and I think if you look at it from a sustainability challenges perspective, then it's very interesting to see, um, look to these areas that will need to change like dramatically or on like a deep structural level if we are to even have a chance of solving some of these sustainable development goals. And that includes areas such as agri-tech and food, transport and energy systems, all these big kind of systems that need to get new radical ideas. And, and so it's interesting to look at how interaction with current like niche technologies that are completely different to what exists right now, yeah. how one can, as an investor, help them grow into the mainstream. Yeah. And uh, remember that on Slideo you can ask the questions that you have, and so we will be sure to get to questions before we wrap up. And so um, let's move into, you have a student-run venture fund. That's so cool because it's just such a great way to inspire mentorship and prepare future leaders. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So it's like the like the impact hat is very much a Nordic impact full-time work I do and Stu- Wave Ventures is not an outspoken impact investor, but we do have impact investments in our portfolio as well. 
And WAVE is basically, it was started in Finland a couple of years ago uh, with a mission of accelerating talent, both as giving students an opportunity to go into venture capital um, and, uh, and trying to bridge kind of what exists of talent within universities and, and ideas and research institutes and kind of try and like lift those up more because I think currently there's uh, quite a big gap in, in a lot of amazing ideas that exist at uh, research and university level, but that don't necessarily know the opportunities in venture capital. Yeah. Totally. Mm. And what have you, what challenge have you overcome successfully and what did you learn from it? Um, okay. So as a company, I would say that, so we were created five years ago. There was no impact investing market in Portugal. It was not even known. Um, uh, and we were, like, just to explain a little bit, like, how it was created, because I think, to be fair, like, very quickly, the challenge was creating it as a market um, and having it in the agenda of Portugal and putting people talking about it and how we overcame that uh, as a country was basically there's Carlos Kubinkian Foundation, which is one of the main uh, foundations in Portugal, like big philanthropists, and they were very attentive to what was happening, you know, in the UK, in the US, in, in this area, and they wanted to foster this uh, in Portugal, so bringing market-based solutions to help solve the problems, social, environmental. And so we created, uh, we started by the Social Investment Task Force, which basically gathered main stakeholders of the country to talk about it, define a strategy, and you know, like this was in 2013, 14 um, and through this, like right now, there's an 150 million euro fund uh, dedicated to social innovation with different type of instruments to whom we were part of, like we, we helped create it. There's our fund of 40 million euros, which is about to, to be closed. There are many more acceleration programs being created. There's uh, an increasing pipeline. Uh, we, as Maze, we are now um, starting our uh, international operations, so wanting really to, with the acceleration program, trying to attract uh, European or actually global international startups to come being accelerated, explore Ma Portugal as a market and Europe as well. So I think that we've, that we've come a long way and I'm very proud of the work that we did. Uh, yeah. How about you? What's a, a challenge you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Hmm. Well, at least we're working on overcoming several challenges. I think uh, one big thing, if you look at the Nordic region, is that, uh, and I work a lot with uh, different initiatives across the region, and it's very clear that there's a massive momentum for impact investing right now, both from the investor side and also startups kind of speaking to their impact. Um, and there's just a lack of visibility currently still like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of great initiatives come popping up but they don't know uh, what exists and of the investor gatherings that we set up um, the majority of investors tend to say that they they don't see they don't think there's enough good cases and when you go to the more uh, like startup gatherings they say the same but with regards to investors that there right. aren't enough investors so it just is about kind of creating this meeting place for them so that's uh, that was the mission behind starting this Nordic Impact Investing Network, which we have up and running now, which is basically bridging investors, communities, and startups across the region. And that's, that's been very helpful in kind of creating this common ecosystem, I think, and just starting to put words to or like create a common storyline for the potential of impact investing in the Nordics and what's, what's unique in that region. Yeah. And a lot of people ask me what 
what are the differences in the startup culture around the world? I'm curious, what do you think the differences are in impact investing from, you know, Portugal and the surrounding areas to the Nordic region? Are there very significant differences or, or very significant commonalities you wouldn't think of? Mm. It depends a bit where you look in terms of industry, I think. But if there's one thing that I feel can be said about the overall Nordic region is that there is some inherent understanding of or like inherent focus on sustainability or like with with that welfare system background that you see you see that a lot in the, both the family offices from the investor side and and a lot of the startups coming out of the region so i think that is something to tap into when we want to kind of build up that ecosystem into more of a kind of impact tech hub yeah um, yes in i mean in Portugal, like I would say that the, the difference between the tech scene and the impact investing scene, like it's yeah, it's this focus on sustainability, on having like this other aspect of really wanting to solve this problem because it's it's a bit cheesy, but like at the end of the day, it's this intentionality, like it touches your heart, like you need yeah. you're doing that because you want to improve people's lives somehow, like, and really contribute to the world. So you, you see that in comparison to, so the, comparing the market of Portugal or the Southern Europe with the Nordics, uh, like, I, I'm not, uh, it, it would be unfair because I'm not super knowledgeable of what's happening. I would say that definitely uh, we are still a little bit behind in terms of traction, in terms of market. Um, so needing, like, a little bit more case studies, even though, like, things are, are catching up, like uh, a lot of things being done in Portugal, in Spain, France, Italy. Um, and But in terms of like different differences in terms of ways of working or the market functioning, I'm not, uh, I'm not very clear. I think that it, it would be very comparable to the tech world. So that there wouldn't be big differences, I would say. I'm not mm. sure. What would you say, like, I mean, starting a fund is close to impossible. Uh, how did you make it possible? Like, what was that step one in starting a fund? Yeah, I think we have different approaches, right? Because we worked with kind of different, uh, different types of investors, which is also interesting because it clearly depends on which region you operate in and kind of where you come from. Um, the way we started was uh, it's been close interaction with a lot of Norwegian family offices initially because I think... If you also see that on a global level, you see a lot of these new generations in family offices wanting to take the heritage and kind of business into a new direction that it rhymes more with impact um, and impact investing. Mm, but you clearly have that in also other kind of institutional investors. We do, yeah. yes. Yeah. So in Portugal, I would say that um, the approach wasn't so much from like big families because the context as a country is, is slightly different and the capital uh, available is, is also different. So we started by, first of all, like creating some case studies like at a very small scale and started intermediating, meaning that like we worked with three, uh, like in terms of maze, we started with three uh, Startups like really like impact startups making uh, a business case for them and an investment case, and we're talking about um, companies that weren't even companies; they were associations. So this aspect of raising uh, investment from a VC was not even uh, being considered because it was so early on in the market. And we really grabbed those three uh, because we saw the potential and and made it. And we really wanted to test if a, a VC would see an interest in these. Um, 
kind of models that they wouldn't otherwise. Right. And we, so basically there was a, a fund in Portugal, a VC fund, that um, was not impact uh, necessarily. They, they wouldn't have like this, this thesis for investment, but we convinced them to like pay closer attention to, to what we were doing. And they really saw the potential to the point that they really like accepted um, like and confirmed the, the interest in investing and they ended up by investing. And from here, like you, we, you know, you understand that this is possible. And obviously, um, the, the European Investment Fund in our case was extremely important. There's a very significant strategy by the European Investment Fund into creating this kind of inve uh, impact investing uh, funds, um, European-wide. And so, yeah, we managed to, to have the confirmation of investment by the European Investment Fund, which is uh, an extremely powerful uh, magnet, let's put it this way, for other investors to, to tag along and to, to decrease you know, the, the perception of risk of this such new type of investment. Um, and the role of uh, foundations in the case of the Kalusko Banking Foundation was also extremely important because it's the first time that this foundation, which has 3 billion uh, euros like under uh, like on an asset, uh, it's the first time they, uh, they allocate part of their uh, endowment into an impact investing fund. And it's, it's huge, right? Because before, all the money kind of being invested was by their like philanthropic pool of money and now they're actually allocating assets and this is really important and again signals to the market and a few corporates as well so yeah it's slightly different the approach yeah interesting impact is about creating change um what is your personal vision like why do you wake up and do this and challenge yourself every day like what kind of change do you truly want to create with the funds that you've put together to me, it just makes sense. So, like, it's the only. I think it's um, it's for one. It's a lot about the people you meet. It's an amazing way of meeting incredible people with incredible ideas and, and, and drives. And I think when it comes to impact in itself, it's something that has always clicked with me personally. And coming from kind of a loving for, love for gathering people uh, and trying to facilitate some sort of serendipity or good moments by, by gathering people it's, is what led me into to working with first, like starting a, um, your first Catapult Future Fast, which is this physical gathering where you talk about the potential of exponential technologies and impact investing for future society and that kind of building on that and learning more about and engaging more with... with um, with how to use scalable tech as, as a tool, right, to kind of solve solve the big social and environmental challenges. Um, yeah, I don't know if that was an answer to your <laughs> question, really. <laughs> how about you? Um, so, to me, what uh, helps me, you know, like get out of bed and, and go to work every day is the is the um, the idea that I am extremely privileged in this world, um, and that because of that, like, I mean, I was, you know, given all the the, the opportunities in life, right to education, you know, right to meal every time I, I need. Um, so I'm extremely privileged and therefore I have the responsibility to not give back, but make sure that we decrease the inequalities of the world. And this is literally what moves me. And then, um, yeah, and I want as a, you know, as a millennial myself, I want to live in a world where I, my choices 
for consumption are sustainable. Right. Like I vote with, you know, I, I vote with my uh, consumption choices. I want to be able to invest my money in, you know, conscious uh, uh, investment opportunities. So I'm kind of also like creating the world I want to live right. in and exactly. where I want my children to live in. Exactly. That's the slogan for Catapult. They create the world you want to live in. <laughs> uh, very. <laughs> and what's one piece of advice that you got back, you know, early in your career that has really helped you become the leaders that you are today? So much, I have to say. I think, personally, I'm just very driven by just being incredibly curious about how everything works. And, and there's so many, and just wanting to learn from people and experts within their field. Um, so having the chance to do that has been great. Um, I would have to think about kind of if there's like one uh, particular advice here. Um, I think that for me was like f following my gut feeling um, because at the time I decided to enter this area was very on like very early on in my career. So and very on on yeah. the, the whole market is, is something like yeah. it didn't exist pretty much. So everyone thought you know around me that I was uh, pretty crazy. And this um, advice of like if you feel that. It's, it's right if you see something, like believe in yourself and go for it and, and build it. Right. And, um, and it, was very, uh, it was very hard, like this, this decision, because it's, it's super risky. But uh, it was super risky. I, I think that today there's a little bit more foundations on all of this. But it, it was uh, an incredible advice. And it's something that I, I recommend. Like, yeah. So whenever you see the potential of something, like go for it and try to build it. Try to be part of it. If it fails, and I... Like sometimes I, you know, I still question myself, like, is this leading anywhere? If it feels like we've tried, we've learned, there's so many other paths, like, yeah, I think. Totally. Yeah, I yeah. Agree. I think one particularly inspiring thing is also seeing these, there's some amazing uh, female investors come, popping up that are doing a lot of important yeah. work in like particular diversity. And uh, I think that's really important. And it's just to highlight kind of the incredible kind of lack of uh, female presence in, right. in both in tech startups in general and in, in invest, investing is, is important. I mean, just uh, if you look at the state of European tech, which is a good kind of landscaping of the state of European tech um, uh, that comes out every year, uh, the one that came out this year showed that this, all of the venture capital in Europe uh, in 2018, out of all of it, 93% went to all-male founding teams. Um, which says a lot about kind of the lack of lack of uh, female leaders and investors. So we need more. Yeah. And we have a question in the front from a female leader. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, um, Lubomila from Plan A, uh, fighting climate change with data. Uh, my question is with regards to the due diligence that you make, because what I've noticed is a social impact startup founder. Uh, by talking to investors, I noticed that even though there's a label of impact investment, there's very little in the due diligence that actually validates what impact the company is making. Maybe as part of the statement of the company, there's some social problem that is being addressed. But um, my question to you is like, what kind of measurements do you take to address this problem? Because for me, you know, the most important thing in building this kind of a company is to have impact. And I want to be measured on that. And I don't see it enough. Mm -hmm. It's a really good question, and I think it's the reason it comes up so often is because there still is no kind of common one-way kind of measurements to go to and to use. Um, we rely a lot on the sustainable development goals, seeing that it's like the most comprehensive research currently that we have. Of course, it spans broad, so then it's up to the 
to to us to to delve deeper into the actual, whether it's an actual challenge and uh, for the founder as well, right? And uh, that is based on how knowledgeable one is in the field. And what we do is we connect. We have a network of a lot of mentors and experts that we tap into. Mm, I think for measuring kind of broadly more like what what is actually impactful and to 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 find that and evaluate that in startups, one of the coolest projects that I think is existing at the, or being built currently is coming out of Finland uh, from the Upright project. Uh, it's a lady called Anun Yemin creating this net impact measurements. I would check that out as well. Yeah. Does that help? Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the Women in Tech <laughs> podcast. Thank you to Tech Chill. This episode is powered by Simplecast and you guys could check out the Women in Tech podcast at womenintech.fm. This is just really exciting. Where can people connect with you further? Um, via LinkedIn. LinkedIn works. Yes. What's, what's best for you, LinkedIn? Right. And for me, I'm at Esprit Devora on Twitter, so be sure to say hello and enjoy the rest of Tech Chill. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.